0: Hey there, everybody, and good morning. This is Tavo DRC of Tavo Creative Leadership and the DFW Ministry Online Fellowship at onlinefellowship.us. We're in the company of angels. You think you got a lot of followers? Man, you got a lot of grief. Well, the Bible teaches us that even if you don't have a club or people signing on, they like your tweets, your Instagram, your Messenger, your whatever, Facebook, that were surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses. They're up there invisible, but they're rooting us on. My grandmother, my father, all my aunts, all these people that love the Lord, now my mother. Man, and those people grew up before all this teaching about freedom from Old Testament, Levitical patriarchism, matriarchism came on the scene. I wanna say right off, I was never brought up under the Christian religious business system, and I don't want to be a part of the system now, the religious system of ministry. I keep thinking of my dad. My dad never had any high visibility. He was an humble pastor with unsung. They had to work to support themselves with by teaching school, he and my mother. But they were lifelong first loves to each other and to the Lord and to the family. And they were true leaders who walked the walk behind the scenes as well as out in public and we're not racist biased gender biased because they weren't back under the really they were christians first not baptists but they were not under the old testament levitical law therefore I was raised clean I was raised hopefully to make it understood my sister and I though female were never programmed from birth up that we were women that we could not we should not we you know dare not do certain things that would be Levitical law, and I'll explain how Paul's command in the New Testament appears to me from my point of view, because I had in my house all women leaders everywhere, including my grandmothers on both sides, who were maybe my grandmother was not my mother's mother was not back under the law. My other grandmother might have had something. She had a sort of a mean streak, a control streak, but she had been raised one of nine. So I think when you got that many on a country doctor's life that you have to fight to have your way, maybe. That's my opinion. But she was a Christian. She didn't let me play cards with her on Sunday, though, back in that day. But other than that, I had a great healthy view, in hindsight, in my hard drive, coming up, of a Christian. It's just you walk the walk, you talk the talk, you don't think too much of yourself, you treat everybody with respect, everybody does what they're good at, they're men, they're women, and uh, do your best. And if you're married, then you abide under Ephesians five twenty one. even though no one taught it, I watched it on all sides of the family, extended family. Mother's side, his side, grandmothers, aunts. Okay, It's Ephesians 5.21 in marriage, and for the church, and for leadership. It says, everyone walk in mutual submission in the fear of the Lord. And I saw that. That means that the next verse, Ephesians 5.21, which is usually taken out of context, and not including this one, in most homes and most Christian ministries, it says, historically in my mind, not my family, but when I think of the critical spirit, critical Levitical patriarchism, critical Levitical law in these New Testament times, not in the Jews, but in the Christians, you must be born again Christians. I would say the old teaching of the country preacher saying, you better be submitted. She's out of control. She's not submitted to our form of government. And see, I went through this period of time after I grew up and was in ministry, a mature person, a junior ministry, now a senior ministry, and I was sent to study the Christian body leadership starting at age 24, and I was sitting in a church, and I heard the Lord say, I want you to study my body, study their doctrines, their pet peeves, their red flag buzzwords, what they do well, their dress, their music, and so forth. And I said, okay, I will. I like that. I didn't realize it would take me down this path, (laughs) a lot of paths, and it would take me to be in African American heritage, African churches, Vietnamese, as well as different moves of God that started prior, like out of the Billy Graham day on. And then TV-affected ministry is really when I started my public ministry in 87. It was right about the time when the first media scandals came with Double Whammy, Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart. And it really brought a lot of accusation into the ministers, to TV media, and it's never stopped since. It went around the world. Do we forgive them? Do we know them personally? No, I'm not going to judge those. I'm just saying this is what happened where I was in a little tiny... Well, it was a you know back then I was teaching and I was brought up in like a country church my father's past he was not country we weren 't country, but he'd been sent deployed to the front lines ministry out in the fields in a country church back then, and so I went with him everything was low key and small, and therefore, I can appreciate it then when I moved back to um the same area a few many years later in college when I got married. I was acquainted with the same basic rural style mixed with city and urban. But anyway, so we had I was raised just down to earth and then my family moved. The Lord led them by the Spirit, though they weren't tongue talkers, they heard from the Lord and they prayed and God said out prompted them to move and they moved to Norfolk, Virginia Beach cosmopolitan area, Seacoast, which I loved. It brought me, there's something about mega that I really need because I'm not one that likes to, I don't think small and I don't like people minding my business and I don't mind theirs. So the idea of God respects every one of us. So I can teach from the point of, I call it just to stir it up. You know, I call it, I can speak about and to the Piney Woods preacher because my dad was one he wasn't the country bumpkin but he was certainly sent there and i went with him my whole family and then my his fa- my father's came from guess this postage stamp size used to be dallas georgia he died young at 58 And he, the only publicity he ever got that was big was when he died. And he did it on a field trip in North Carolina with his kids at the Wright Memorial walking up. And he got on all the newspapers. And that made me realize what an effective life he'd had. All these people came out of the woodwork that he touched at the grocery store, the pharmacy, the church, all the different places. And it made me realize how important servant leadership is. But anyway, he was unsung. And nobody knew what I... I didn't know it that that even though I didn't really value, I I respected him, I loved him, he was very lovable, but I didn't understand how deep it is to have a great parent, a great authority, and if you don't have a a father in the house, God can give you somebody or yourself that will just give him the, the grace. But I had the grace to be like a grace, undeserved, unearned, just happened to have grace to have two parents that were happy, in love, respectful family, in ministry, and then I could teach like a It's almost like I was put in that time for 21 years in a petri dish or a terrarium where I was protected and valued and cherished and not back under the law. Therefore it helps me when I did encounter abuse, repeated abuse for many years, to forgive and say this person, those persons are just mean because they just never had good parenting or were respected as children. They have anger but they it's so deep, I can't help it, only they can, and God, and if they don't want to go to God and run to God to get help and deliverance, I can't make them, but I'll forgive them. Because God gives me, and you, staying power, forgiving power, if we humble ourselves and know that and really are willing to do it. So along the way I learned, but it was like, Holy Spirit, My when my dad died, he was a pastor, but he hadn't pastored. And so we had gone to um, Norfolk, Virginia Beach and ended up at a church that was Baptist, one of his professors, very dignified and solemn, more like an Episcopal, I call it High Baptist. So I've been around from country piney woods to High Baptist to all the different kinds, charismatic vineyard, Billy Graham kinds, Methodist, Catholic... Vietnamese Missionary Baptist Church of God in Christ, Holy Spirit, non-denominational, fall out on the floor, whatever. More than that, but anyway, God is good because I like His Holy Spirit. I like the Lord, and I like to know His people. I love to see the diverse colors and what God has shown them in their heritage and in their culture that He has revealed to them specifically as their niche to display His glory, His honor, and that's what I love to find. I never thought I'd speak on reproving, correcting, and ministry doctrine, never. I was probably the opposite, no confidence, not wanting ever. See, part of my whole failure, because I was too well-trained. I was well-trained from a kid up, discern and perceive everybody's boundaries. If they're the leader, you be quiet. And you abide by their house rules until it's over, and then you're on your own turf. And I still believe that. I still do that. I always have. So I'm more of a watcher, perceiver, and you know, frankly, I'm a prophetic seer. But I'm not into achieving ministry. I'm into believing God and obeying him, and he works it through me, like Paul, somewhat like Paul, that it was his gift to call me to this kind of field ministry. And I asked him, because it's in the Bible, I thought I'd just see what happened. When I was in college, I found the word discernment of spirits. I said, all right, Lord, I don't understand. It sounds pretty spooky as a Baptist, you know, former bat." And I just thought, I want it. If I'm supposed to have discernment of spirits and you want me and you want me to have all prophesy and all that stuff. I don't know what that means. I don't want to get an error, but I will ask for it. So I did. And through the years, it took all these years, but I... And also Bible study, praying, and asking God to keep me guarded from the doctrines and myself and other things along the way, his people, he has sharpened it. Now my offshoot, my nobody talked about this in my family. This was when I got in college away. And went off campus, and the praise and worship movements had started, and deliverance came in, you know, doctrines came in, and then TV doctrines more, and then the God, and one of them was deliverance, you know, and I'd sampled that for a few years, and <laughs> <laughs> sound some good things, sound some not, and then I kept on as a noble Berean pioneer, you know, just as the Lord traveled me around. Then I went out of state, to different states, and found different kinds of Christians that I'd never met in their doctrinal flavor. Which is a whole part of this testimony. So I honor my father. I honor his gift. He never spoke in tongues. He never cared to. The Baptist seminary said it had passed away and he believed it. So he, but you know what? When my, right before he died, I had my first child and he came to take a week off from teaching at the public schools in Norfolk. And he came and one day we were there. This is part of his servant life. All we did was hold hands to say the blessing. I let him say the blessing. And while I was there, it was like I could see a shoot straight from the heavenly throne to me of love, God's love. And it still makes me happy weep because I think there is nothing about anything except love. And my father had more love. He chose to love and he chose to be God's person. But you know what? It had affected on me and my family and my sister and all our whole, all these lives through the years. So it really pays to bring your kid up, your little kids, your stepchildren, especially watch out. Oh, there's so much awful stuff going on with stepchildren in the news all the time. So horrible. So you make sure from the ground up, from the womb up, if possible, that you treat them with kindness, respect, and show the love of God, compassion in your family to them, to yourself, and you help them have a nurturing love tank that comes out later that is not filled with accusation, criticalness, abuse, reviling, foul language, hate speech, prejudice, bias, because I speak from this point of view, this advantage, I did not have that. I wasn't back under the law or any of that other garbage. And therefore, I was able to handle the rough treatment later, and I still do when I get attacked or something. God forbid, Lord, pray me off of it. But I thought, when I do get, I can stand back and just look at like my father's eyes, and I can just say, I forgive you. It may hurt. But I forgive them because I look at how they live, usually. I think, how, wh- where were they raised under? And I think, who knows what people are raised. It's so crazy out there. You have to give them benefit or the doubt. That's why I also think when I look at somebody with an identity issue and their teaching is different from mine, their theology is they want to be this or that, and their identity, their gender, I will not judge you. I will not accuse you because I know you've already been through horrible, probably things, confusion, rape, Assault. We don't know what happened before I met you. Therefore, I'm so against, I train against stereotypes. Don't see people, don't judge these people by their outer court, their performance, their looks, their skin, because we have no clue how these people have trapped. We have not walked even an inch in their shoes, much less a mile. And I say that for the behalf of the must be born again Christian and the Patriarchs of Levitical, Matriarchs of the Critical Levitical back under the law. Up on onlinefellowship.us, you can find a handout for you free. It says you can donate, but you know what? We want you to have it no matter what. We just put it up there in case somebody randomly (laughs) wants to donate. But the idea is for you. Onlinefellowship.us, it talks about common doctrine of Ephesians 4 and what is not common doctrine and what is the Basis in most sin spying in communities and fellowships and people, God's born again people, is the fact they have no clue of Ephesians 4 common doctrine that everyone else has to be held accountable for all the Pauline commands. However, God knows each person and He will say, Yes, you have a worse temptation in that one type of sin and you've fallen a 10,000 times but you know what I'm going to show you my love and forgiveness don't quit trying but I hold you accountable you know what my mercy and love covers that with your blood cuz you love me you're trying hard so we're not trying to we're trying to defrag law critical law confusion in the Christian community you must be born, born again ministry in myself because Otherwise, we might not have the headlines every week. The church in America is going down. Nobody's going. The millennials never go. The you know. And why are the online churches so popular? And I'll say that if you, we want to. We've tried fellowshipping on land where where I used to be before McKinney. And I found that when I first got to Texas, I found it was so hard to. There was so much packaging and outer court performance and so much clickish, clannish clubbiness. So fast, hail fellow met! Christ falling within accusation in other quarters. Oh, it's a woman. Oh, good. She's here to pay her tithes and be under us. Chattel. Instead of no servant leadership, no fear of the Lord that I thought, let me, you know, there for the grace of God go I. I give everybody a benefit of the doubt. I think, you know what, I'm going to just analyze what's in their doctrinal bathwaters, And that's where I found Western European Levitical Patriarchism, showbiz. And let me give you a couple others. Doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Now, I'm going to point this out. If you take time and you read the letters, and I give mercy and I forgive everybody, but man, it's so important to make Jesus' house accepting and not authoritarian accuser sin spying or prophetic spectral evidence. You spy somebody you don't like their looks and you're afraid of them or you have this Phariseeism. They must be, you accuse them without knowing them in a relationship form. So we look at it and we think, now how can we make it not PC, not, but not Phariseeism, not hail fellow met shallow Christ following like is out where I was before and what is real and what is true in ministry, what is valid in doctrine, what is not, and what is online doing, and what is good about it, what is not. And we have all the other things that you know about in between, media addiction and all sorts of things, accusation. So I've studied, it's taken a long time, this has been a long time, but God has been with me, and I've had some really good times, really good days, a lot of things that weren't Pharisees, a lot of things were a lot of worship, great teaching, a lot of power, a lot of might. And I think that's where it got me really, you know, where when I show up to a whelp church, like a whelp-type Pharisee church, just my, or anybody like me, the spirit countenance on me of God's power and might is Holy Spirit power and might, because I'm really a wallflower, tame, James 3.17, easily entreated, pure, peaceable, respectful. Because, as I started off the comment at the beginning, I was so afraid to not be disrespectful in any group ever, black or white. I have never shouted out, never commented and butted in. I've never gossiped and talked about them or demeaned them or tried to take control. But when you go into Baptist, it's okay. It's safe. Methodists, Catholics, black people, Vietnamese, brown people, they're fine. You go only, and then the white people are not Levitical Patriarchism. Let me make that plain. They're not all like that. They're a we-centric among the white people. We-centric, we are the world. We're used to being in control. We own everybody and we know it all. I'm not like that. My parents weren't like that. We're we global, Western European or Eastern European background, where we are for all the races, multicultural, more more tribal, maybe not as formal. Definitely Levitical back of the law. You can find somebody in every group they'll finger point, but it ain't going to be me. So we have to do that because of the heightened topic of color and skin. And we want people to say, I want to be able to go where I can handle their doctrine and that they will accept me and light up when they see me. And I noticed that as a visitor, as a newbie. So let's get back to our topic of, all right, if you go somewhere and they are under the law and they don't have all the, they have all the group trained for years, the patriarchs and the matriarchs, and they have it only, that's what I found, this kind of group, Western European, back under the law, Old Testament Levitical patriarchism has it down and they've read the books. They've studied. They have their scholars. Everybody can quote famous prayer warriors, ministers, you name it. One of them, and we you know, he's gone to be with the Lord. I will not mention his name. I he had really great qualities like everybody, a good person. His book was either quoted or misquoted over on the state of Virginia, and I heard the person that night, the one of the whelps, say God This person's book said that God has put certain apostles, chief apostles in the gates of the city, and they are over everybody. That means they get to, they should know about their business. They should be viewed as over them. And I knew when I heard that statement, no matter how well-intentioned, how good that man was in his brain, that is not right. Why would God set one human carnal Fallible being over anybody, male or female, white or black or brown. Why would he do that? He wouldn't. Only Jesus. He, Jesus is the coach. We're on his team. And then nobody mentions in this group, nobody mentions in that legalistic group about Ephesians 4 doctrine. Ephesians 4, the whole chapter's a mighty powerful chapter for unity against bias It says that taking the body of Christ, which I do as a community whole around the world, little pockets of this kind and flavors to make it interesting, different colors and manifestations of the Lord, the creator in music and in teaching, different interests, different flows as a whole community. That's my, this is how I am. Ephesians 4 teaches that. So you look and break it down. All right. Paul says, who's the writer, Paul writes and says in Ephesians 4, 1, 1, 2, and 3, Everyone, everyone, everyone walk in meekness and lowliness and humility and longsuffering, endeavoring to keep unity and peace. All right. Amen. Later, he says, and they're, they're the common doctrine of the church, the church. One Lord, when faith, when baptism, when God, the father of us all. So that is the criteria you don't hear about, that if that is the hallmark of a real Christian born again. Then we have the picture of the gifts to the church, God's gifts, which are the leadership offices of pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher, apostle. And I'm all of those with pastor, my least, because it, I'm not like my dad. I have to have strength to deal with humans on a regular basis, and so I her by divine appointment. Only those I feel are right, and only they feel are right, and I don't do it in a controlling manner. This is servant leadership. You just ask questions, and I'm there for you to cover your back in prayer. You have to apply, though, at dfwleader at gmail.com. I'm not in a hurry. I'm content, very content like I've never been, like I never knew I could be in all my life in ministry or in life. So we look at common doctrine, I mean the Ephesians four, and we look at the lack of we observe there's no teaching on that, so we are. So we look at one Lord when faith when baptism, and we say, well, you know if that's the criteria, then what about this? You got to go to church, you got to fellowship with the saints, which is Paul's command, so we don't want to ignore it, kick it out. What about all the other Pauline commands? Do not do this, do not do that, don't fornicate all these things don't have idolatry. And we say those are something God really wants. Every one of those. God holds you and me accountable. But he knows in these second level, they're not second value, but they are second tier with the first tier being the common doctrine. Everybody must adhere to that or you're really not a Christian. Don't call yourself one. The second one is everybody. God knows that if we have a relationship him with him, we'll want to honor him first over ourself in our life. We want to follow him according to his book, his rule book, his guideline. And we want to love him and please him and serve him in that fashion, which I do. So instead of him saying, I'm this evil father when you fail and you don't do the command, you don't go to church anymore, or you don't do this, I may have my Holy Spirit nudge you and remind you But then there's certain issues that are so real, like such as the Apostle Paul's commands, the two friendly fire from such turn away fellowships, which I mentioned because of the accusation and caustic Christ following in the must-be-born-again United States in certain quarters, which God somehow led me to stumble into. So while I was here on the Isle of Plano, I mean Patmos in the state of trying to figure out Christianity in the deep south down here, God would open up my mind. Like Paul was kicked out. He wasn't wanted by the church. Churches, at first, he was a comfort, is a comfort. He was the first 12 years, 13, 14 years of Paul's conversion, the set-in-place apostles that were around the area, the chief apostles mentored by Jesus, didn't want anything to do with them, so he left they wouldn't let him co-labor, and they he went to to Syria with the Arabs, and he got the abundance of the revelations in the knowledge of him. That's according to Ephesians one seven. Paul says, in the knowledge of him, hanging around with God over time, he got the abundance of the revelations. He brings it back, pins the letters to the churches, which is two thirds of the New Testament. So we hear. The quality of Paul, we hear the quality of teaching, and we think, now, what is really right for now? So, really right has got to be, if you're a Christian, if you're supposedly a Christian, Ephesians 4, common doctrine. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all. You don't want to just say, oh, yeah, I believe it. I'm not going to learn it. No, you don't want to be like that. That's childlike, immature. All right. So, we look and say, well, if Paul writes all these serious, heavy-duty things, and their are books like Titus and Jude. Oh, my, oh, my, who teaches that? Then you have to think, well, I want to know, because I've heard so much legalism on TV and my mama, is God going to really excommunicate me if I've asked him into my heart and send me to a burning hell because I did flub up, or I made a mistake more than once or three times, or I did choose this t- alternate lifestyle that's not in there you know what i don't know i'm going to tell you what i think though i'm going to tell you what's in the bible you got to know when lord when faith when baptism when lord when faith baptism you got to know jesus you got to hug him you got to love him you gotta say i want you more than i love my life myself that's part of the turf read the bible you got to say let's go to jesus and how he would treat any relationship around town when he was alive in ministry." Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How did Jesus react when he found sin? When he found people, did he stone them? No, only the Pharisees accused the lady caught in adultery. And guess what? Because they were Levitical patriarchs, men, you know, biased against females in the general, you know, accused females like Levi on the front porch, accused Hannah or Samuel. You can say, yes, they brought the woman and we're going to stone her but they didn't bring the man. That's how biased accuser whelp is. Levitical patriarchism is for men only. We look at Jesus on that day when he brings the woman, throw her down in front of him. Jesus, what are you going to do with this lady? She's caught in adultery. You know that's against the law, the burning hell law. Jesus just prays. He's probably asking God for wisdom, how to answer this with respect, keep his self-control, give the right wording. And then he just looks at him. He says, which one of you is without sin? You throw the first stone, the one who has no sin. And they, they got it. And their heart was stricken, and they melted away. So only you and God. See, if I have, like, let's say I have an appetite to eat under pressure and then I have an appetite that if I eat like a bag, if I see a bag of mesquite chips and or chocolate covered peanut M&Ms, those are my go-to fun. I have to be careful. Or if I'm on a diet or if I'm trying to be good, I just lost weight and somebody says, let's go out and I'll treat you and then we'll get ice cream afterwards or we'll do something fun. It's a, you know, That is my, I'll be honest, that is the hardest thing in the world to be good and not pig out. So even though I repent and I lose, I might gain it back. So, you know, the flesh is there. So if you have a different kind of parallel sin, which is different from mine, that's the cutesy. Oh, yeah. Gluttony. That's the oh, yeah. That's the accepted Christian sin. Born again. People can be gluttons all the time. They can go out and eat all they want. Look, as fat. And you know what I mean? Even though it harms us, that standard is false. So the standard is rationale, people pleasing, or really self pleasing, and also besetting sin. Let me I cannot tell you people are human. Many were treated cruelly. Many have a crutch violated at a young age, and I cannot say how bad it must be them. They've had racism as well, but. A lot of people have issues that look like moral issues, that look like, quote, Christian typical, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that because we're holier than thou, self-righteous temptation. They have real chemical, addictive, supernatural, demonic, things that are in their birth as in their hard drive because of birth things. You can, what if there's a hermaphrodite? What are people are really born weird? I'll be honest. You're just going to take every case, not back under the law, but with mercy and compassion. Let Jesus Christ share with you what to do and what not to do, and how. Really, best thing is just to say the truth in love, with respect, but don't aim it at them. Never aim it directly at them. Say, you know what? This is what God says. I submit it to you, and I want you to hear God, because your eternal life is on the line. You're your relationship with God is in that you've got to make sure you're being not deceived because it's your, your soul and your your final day judgment appearance on the throne alone, where I'll be alone, they'll be alone, you'll be alone, that we don't want you to miss. I don't want you to miss that. That's why I will not be PC. I try not to be PC. I try to say it in a word because I don't want to invade and not respect you if you've been through hell. If you live in hell, if you've been perched by somebody else's passion or power or power plays your mental, whatever. If you have been manipulated and choked and horrible things, lied to and berated without, you know, if if you've been through just plain old emotional hell, it is not my point to abuse you again or God. And I say that to leaders, even though I'm acting overly emotional for some of you, too many of you. So when I, as a preacher, as God's teacher, God's person, as a leader, I say, you know, I'm accountable by myself for what I say and don't say also. Will I be PC? Will I be too weak? But could I be too hard? And after knowing the mercy of God and having a great, great father who had great personal self control and great respect, he didn't minimize sin, but I don't minimize it. I just want you to know the consequences and I'll say them fairly and put them out like Selah, pause and think of it. I'll put the ball in your court. My technique is like, I feel like God has said there's too many people hurt that are confused, and there's everybody's self-righteous on both sides of the aisle, frankly. We could be. People are upset. I'm going to... It's how you say it, much of it. I'm going to let you know what I believe, what God has given me, the word, but I respect you and the office and authority God has given you. To be mature enough, have a mind enough, and values enough to winnow it out and get your Bible, be a noble brilliant, and see, pick apart what I say and see if it's really in the Bible. When I was growing up in ministry and the TV, I was teaching my first Bible study in a big church back then, which was 1, 1,200 people. That was the mega church of the day. And so I was teaching and uh, had been a Christian many years in ministry, but that was my public ministry, had children. When all of a sudden the scandals hit and accusation and people started to fall away, people that I knew, family as well as, as um, friends that said, praise the Lord, they started to accuse and get angry at Christian pastors, not at me. Nobody got mad at me, but I saw on TV how it mushroomed till this day. So I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what is it that we could do what in the world's going on? So he gave me Micah 7.5. I'd never even opened Micah. So I did, and it said, do not put your trust, your confidence in the, in the neighbor. Do not put your confidence in the guide, which is a leader. Do not put your confidence in the one that sleeps beside you in the bed. Only put your confidence in the Lord. And I thought, that's the secret. Anybody who's got a leadership effectual ministry a title office or fan club followers these days, lingo, please, I submit this to you, do not let people lift you up and elevate you on a pedestal. And maybe to a fault, I have been that way to not do it. So therefore, I'm, you know, I'm not the most popular and haven't been. And I don't really, you know, I want to be popular with God, the audience of one, I want to please him, not people. But I think, man, that's the secret so that when a pastor falls, a chief apostle falls, a chief apostle is arrested and caught for drugs, which they happen, and rape or horrible things. They're human. Then the weak, immature, quasi, on the borderline, should I accept the Lord and know him and follow Christ or not, the, the borderline people get turned off and run away I've seen it too many times and therefore that mistrust is out deep in the grassroots that's why I personally respect everybody in every place I meet I respect them first as my first line of witness my first line is to project respect and acceptance if anything comes out of my mouth any opportunity to share witness that's far down the pike as I feel like these people I know out in the grassroots which is my turf my home for all my life basically in ministry is that they are not feeling respected by the Christian he must be born-again Christian and the ones that I call the lost leadership which are males and females which are 20s 30s and 40s which are now another faith or no faith and angry I look back and I think what because I love to hear them, at least they're on power, at least they're hot, not cold or lukewarm, they're hot for their cause, paganism, lesbianism, uh, you know, tarot card reading, Hindu, whatever. At least, thank God that they are passionate and not lukewarm like the Christians. So I want to hear. I like to hear them. I respect them. So I want, I want to hear their story. What really went on? Well, I used to be, I hate to say it out here, Baptist, but three out of five, three out of how many? Every group, at least three are former Baptists. I do not know what. I can tell one now that we're 20, 30. Wow. The stories of critical and yelled at, you know, like whatever old-timey religion, fundamentalist that ain't no fun. Another one, the parents, hard workers at the church, the girl came from the East Coast. Man, what their father did to those children, and now that child is seeking, seeking. LGBT, but and very, uh, just a gift, just as smart as can be. I really respect them both. I really do because they were hurt. They don't know who the real Jesus is and why he came for them. This was a ye must be born, born again fruit of horrible proportion. So then I have this 74 year old who is this devout. I don't know what his mama did, but he get, went to church till about 12, and then now he's a devout Buddhist. I respect him. He's a friend of mine. We laugh. We need to have friends that are not just like us, folks. We need to get out there. And if I ever get a word to say, I'll say it. But if not, I'll love them and have fun with them. If they are Republican and want to fill my ears with stuff anti-liberal, anti-Hillary, anti-stuff, I can. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't say one way or the other. I just say, you know what, I don't really want to talk about people like that, but I respect everybody. That's my position. I'm nonpartisan. And if I go to another place and they're filling my ear about Trump, you know, like, I don't like him, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think, man, I don't like your caustic conversation from any party, but I'll say they have to a point, I mean, this to a point, to a point, I will respect anybody's Opinion if they're different than mine, because I agree they should have an ability to say it, not to force it down my throat. These people are joyful usually and fun, they're just giving their opinion. That's what I mean. So, I'm saying I've appreciated and respected more out in Dallas, Fort Worth, the real people, real people that are not Levitical patriarch, that are not dull down, shallow, and uh, avoidant or confused, but that are not, what is the word, phony and full of themselves. And I've just enjoyed real people who are not lukewarm. And I enjoy you if you're not lukewarm. So I say every message here to the Christians, every pointed word is directed only at you, but everyone else, hey, you're welcome to join in and listen and think about it, evaluate it, pray about it, because we want you to know, you know, if the Lord speaks to you, we want you to invite him in your heart. But I'm going to say this, where, where you cannot go out and say, I'm going to convert. I'm going to go be this, you know, I'm going to go and all the sinners are bringing judgment on America. That's for 30 years. All the, it's the, you know, we're persecuted in America. We're getting, oh, it's so bad. It's because there's a falling away. It's their fault. I've heard that countless times and it comes from not the African-American community. I never hear that kind of talk. Uh, let's put it this way. Yes, there's a falling away, but I also say, is there, I submit to you, is there a being driven away? Is there a pushing away? Is there a driving away from this kind of legalism back into the law from such turnaway fellowships of second Timothy one through three Paul's command? If they're accusers ongoing, if they won't be held accountable ongoing, if they Act so nice, but they're hypocrites and accusers behind your back, and they deny God's power at every turn. And you've forgiven them, and you've prayed for them, and nothing changes. And now your children are getting polluted, and they're obstinate and self-willed, and fit the description of Second Timothy three from such Second Timothy three one through five from such turn away, egocentric, boasters and users. Do it. All right, if they say that you can't be blessed, you're really not blessed unless you got big bucks like we do. Paul says again in 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, from such turn away, instead he counsels godliness with contentment is great gain. And that's our motto here. Relationship with money and with people is what matters. So when you're in a church fellowshipping, like Paul says in his command 10.25 of Hebrews go for it. But if you find that you either have a weird problem, circumstances, or that they're that bad, and you can't find better, and you tried hard and forgave them all, and then you just have to have the online fellowship.us or some other ministry. YouTube's filled with good stuff, chock full. That's my supplement, one of my supplements, many supplements. So we agree that it's not the same old typical day of Christ following. We don't even know who's really born again. So therefore, I have to give and submit my C-list to the You Must Be Born Again ministry. Where does it say? And I give counsel if you want to talk doctrine or if you want to ask questions or just be a friend or talk relationships or issues. If you're the top leader, give me a buzz. And call me, first of all, contact me at dfwleader at gmail.com and I'll send you the number. Okay, we only do the top leader who counsels other people, not the lay people. I'm sorry. I don't have energy or time. All right. Let's look at our principles for the body of Christ, the men and women of the, you must be born again community to go to God first before they point the finger at the center and the nation for bringing it down. Oh yes. It's the homosexuals there. Oh yeah. Let's pawn it off on all the people. Some of them have asked Jesus in their heart. I have to give them credit for doing that. All right. I'm saying, oh, it's the backslider. Oh, it's this one. Oh, it's the ones who are the drug people. Oh, it's the ones who are using people. Oh, it's the sinner. That is self-righteous speak. And we have to go back to the Bible, not under the law. And I'm going to use one, an Old Testament verse. To a New Testament verse, because I know ministers, TV-affected ministers in the must-be-born-again Christian quasi-community, that say, oh, we don't have to do that repentance. Uh Uh-oh, we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hey, I know my Bible. I quote it all the time. Yeah, I misquote it. Two things. One. If you misquote it and you take no responsibility and you pawn it off and you're in denial, you're avoiding half the Bible, which is the fear of the Lord verses, and the relationship respect in ministry verses. Let us go back and say I'm taking the principle of first second chronicles seven fourteen, and I'm gonna use that as a confirmation of the command and the principle in the New Testament in Peter. Old Testament it says for the church, the people of God, it says, if the people who are called by my name. And and you know what? If you're a Jewish person, you can do this through the Jewish Old Testament and still do this along with us. Right there. All right. But for the Christian, the must-be-born-again Christian, which is my turf, that my, my market here. <laughs> Not in a commercial sense. All right. I'm going to say it says, the it is written, if... My people, God's people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves, shall humble themselves and seek my face, seek his face, and turn from their wicked ways, not mine, not the sinner's wicked ways, their wicked ways, immaturity, time-wasting, super busy achiever, not loving their wife, like, life, like God love the church, all whatever it is. All right, if they... Turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then I will heal their land. Let me say it and make sure I didn't forget anything out. Not legalistically, but surely motivating, surely pure. Why not? Is our land healed? Let's ask, is our hand, le- doesn't it need a lot of reconstruction? Yes. If my people who are called by my name, says the Lord, shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. I've started over here a lot. And I'm looking for my land to be healed over here. You can join with me in your part of the land and we get a revival going. Be on God's team together. If you go to church or not, it's open the same scripture for you. I think that you must be born again. People better get off their high horses and consult the Lord because people are so ashamed or made to feel so ashamed by Pharisees. And if they don't go to church, if they can't go to church, if they're not fitting in like a round hole in a square peg at any local church and they're hearing God online, they should cease the accusation. You can assess them but they don't need any more accusation. Their mama's already doing it to them. Their daddy's already done it to them. They've got workers that do it to them. People are just in a bad place. They need a safe place for the Lord to minister and them to just get off from their situations and so forth. All right, let me get over because I got a podcast that ends in a few minutes. All right, a couple of minutes. You take the second Chronicles seven fourteen and you take it over to Peter, it says, Let we Christians, born-again believers from all races and backgrounds, we are to let judgment, self-judgment come to the house of God first. That means the pastor type of house of fellowshipping, the ministry leader type of house, but the personal, individual, lay, and leader's business, all of you. Everyone is a Christian. Let it come. If you were leading a house, that's your house. Single parent, single man or woman, that is your house. So that you're, you're on the team online or, in, you know. So it says, if my people, Old Testament, it says a command in Peter, let. We are to let and allow it, not avoid it not say oh i'm the righteousness of god let me use people and keep on being licentious like i always am let me work on my celebrity and my facebook following that is what is out there though i will say this i'm assessing this cuz i've been it and now it needs judgment <laughs> not accuser judgment but just like correcting of doctrine it's doctrine what is in the doctrinal bath waters it is that that is that obstinate and that caustic in the name of, you know, to Jesus Christ's good name. So we're here today, Dr. Tavo DRC, the apostle of the DFW Leader Ministry Fellowship, been in ministry very many years, pastor's daughter, Many give wise counsel if you want it, and we can do it on Skype, FaceTime. And one-to-one, somewhere in DFW, by divine appointment. So kind of doctrines, noble Bereans. Our only issue is that any correspondence from you and any visit with me and you or you, any counsel, you must. God is saying that. Jane, easily entreated, full of mercy and good f- fruit. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. I left off the first per- point because those are so important. Let me go back. It says that any wisdom that comes out of your mouth that says you want me to say you're hearing God. And any wisdom that would come out of my mouth or teaching that says I hear from God. has got to be tested on James 3.17. Enduring abiding relationship fruit, which is that the wisdom that says it represents God, that says it teaches God, that it hears from God, gives advice from God, writes emails that say, oh, I'm Lord, it told me to write this email or this blog. It says it's got to be first pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality, without hypocrisy. And I try to live that on and off stage, I always have. I found that when I had been around ministry and black people love me and I'd been around growing up with my family and other ministries before this doctrine arose from the deep south somewhere in the 80s or 90s, I never would have to be this strong. I'm really, really pretty boring and tame. But because I love the Lord and I found that it does evil to people, it started when I got, it's on my, Tavo, Tavo Ministries, lexicon.wordpress.com or Tavo Darcy, lexicon.wordpress.com. It's berate without relate. I found that the entitled, usually non seminary grads that are now the head chief gimlet of these little ministries or big ministries, prophet, they call themselves usually a prophet or apostle or by their title. That's why I teach Paul Ephesians for Paul and me. He never used a capital letter when he writes the word apostle or B for bishop or P for prophet or pastor, blah, blah, blah. He instead uses to be servant leadership as assigned to us. That's my assignment. Teach this stuff. All right, so when I found that there were these entitled Bowing and scraping, usually Western European, Levitical patriarchism, mixed with Roman patricianism, aristocracy. Google that one. That's a good one. Google Roman aristocracy, Roman patricianism. The other one is doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I was about to, and I got off that one earlier on. This is another one, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Nico means to control, like Nike, means to control Laos, the people. In the book of Revelation, it says God hates the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Years ago, when I was stumbling around, figuring out what, in the, what is in the doctrinal bathwater of the Deep South DFW ministry, caustic ministry, I found that only one person said that these were the first times a false doctrine tried to get into the church and... And it was one that elevated the leadership above the lay, made Big Eye Little Eye celebrity. Big Eye Little You celebrity. And it was later the stage set the stage for the Dark Ages when they took the Bible out of the, of the um, of the church and only gave it to the priests in that type of move of God, wrong move of God. So, I think that we all need to work on ourselves. I'll work on mine. I'll work on being better at James 3.17 under pressure and standing up under criticism when I'm attacked. That's my hardest thing. And I'll let you work on yours, whatever your doctrines are, that you need to get straight in your life. And maybe we'll have a revival because blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God move. They shall see God. They'll perceive him and discern him where others can't. I got to go. The time's run out. This is Tavo DiArce. God loves you. You have a great day. Be blessed.